Hello everybody and karibu sana to Omeshare podcast, the podcast where men share openly. We have been looking at the scenarios that would occur in different marriages that will bring in extramarital affairs. We are joined again by three lovely gentlemen, Dr. Stanley Mukolwe, Musio Kimwindi and Tony Kuria and myself, Kevin Kanyotu. Karibuni sana and let's listen on. Welcome back and uh, we just want to hear uh, and continue with this conversation. Daktari, we left off last week on a very interesting note. We're talking about uh, yeah. Gary Chapman's mm. five love languages. Mm. Gary Chapman has this wonderful book that describes five languages. The first is quality time. Mm. The second is words of affirmation. The third is gifts. Mm. The fourth is touch. And the fifth is acts of service. Mm. Now, these have been taken as uh, standard expressions of love by many couples, and especially our wives. But you know, my observation is that these five languages are actually needs in every marriage. Every marriage needs all of them. Hmm. The acts of service, the quality time, there is no marriage that can survive without quality time. Hmm. No marriage can survive without words of affirmation. No marriage will survive without touch, acts of service, or gifts. Now, if a person grows up being wounded in a particular area, let's say, for example, you've got three girls. The first one is a small-bodied. The second one is a little bit bigger. The third one is small-bodied. So when you're buying clothes, you buy a new dress for the firstborn. The second born must get new dress also because she can't fit the pass-me-downs from the first born. But that third born girl gets all the pass-me-down dresses. Mm. And she has plenty of them. But she feels disadvantaged because she never gets new dresses. So she grows up with a craving for new clothes. She has more clothes than her siblings, but the fact that they've been passed down to her doesn't quite register. She wants new clothes. She has a desire for gifts. Now, if you marry a woman like that and you realize that that's her love language, in a sense, it's easy to meet that language. But here comes the problem. Because that desire is coming out, out of woundedness, it can never be satisfied. Mm. It's insatiable. So no matter how many gifts you give her, how many new dresses, mm. she'll always want another one. Now, if you're married to her, and for you, gifts is not a big deal. And you conclude it cannot be a big deal for her either. Mm. That need in her marriage goes unmet. Mm. If she meets somebody out there who services that need, mm. she'll easily be attracted to that person. And there are men out there who know the love language of your wife, who have taken the time to study women's love languages. Mm. And you yourself may be completely unaware of it. Doctor, are those good or evil men? <laughs> <laughs> they have to be evil men. Yeah, because what are we doing buying other people's wives' gifts? How observant are they? I mean, for them to know what love language your wife yeah. has. Because they're after them. Mm. And they have to look for that thing that makes for affection between them and that woman. Mm. So it's very, very easy. It's very easy for counselors to pick it up in the counseling session. Mm. If the counselor is a crooked man, crooked woman, they'll build upon it in the subsequent visits and divert this relationship of need from this one person to become a mutually uh, lubricated 
relationship mm. outside of the ethical realm. So the affair happens when this uh, need is lubricated outside marriage. The person who lubricates it knows the love language of the one who is hurting. The one whose love language is being serviced feels a surge of new energy, new emotions that makes them want to see this person over and over again. They may not be able to articulate why they like it, but they do. It could be a simple thing, you know. You travel overseas, you come back, you buy pens. Huh. A pen is a neutral gift. Pens for all your office mates, girls and guys. Hmm. But the way that one girl reacts to you makes that, makes you realize you really like that pen. Hmm. So the next time you do it, you bring a pen with her name on it because you realize how she reacted to the gift. Hmm. And people use those kind of uh, scenarios, those kind of uh, vulnerabilities hmm. to hook people yeah. and use that for an affair. I don't know if many of you have experienced that in your relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Musyuki and I are looking a bit puzzled. Yeah. Yeah, but but especially the issue of gifts, for example, to hook up, you know, unsuspecting. But you know, it goes both ways. Eh? Mm. You know, before we began, we were talking about Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Daktari, think about it. Joseph was wounded. Yep. His brothers had, you know, shown no mercy. Not only throwing him into a pit, but selling him off, mm. you know, like a piece of uh, furniture. Uh, so you can imagine probably Joseph had certain wounds and uh, imagining the fact that, uh, not first of all, the idea that he was discarded by those that he loved. And here is a woman who most likely looked very beautiful, who is married to a very powerful official in a very powerful kingdom, who desires him, you know, young, virile, strong man. And remember, he probably had a wound of rejection. And he's somebody who is uh, coming in to show him affection. In love, it must have taken. I don't know. I can only imagine this. I don't know whether to call it superhuman effort for Joseph to to reject the affections of this. Yes, and Joseph said, mm. "How can I sin against God?" Mm. The God factor was the only factor, and needs to be the only factor mm. that can protect us. Yeah. Anything else, you know, shame to my family, my wife leaving me, shame to the public. All of that, you can work around it. Mm -hmm. The God factor needs to be the only factor that can keep a person alive in this situation. Wow. wow. You know, I was just wondering about how sustainable such a relationship would be because the initial attraction will be, yes, these gifts that are coming in. And the authenticness of that relationship then would come in probably later. Oh, affairs don't have to be authentic. Mm -hmm. I mean, the two people involved mm -hmm. know that this situation cannot last forever. Mm-hmm. So they're just enjoying the moment. Okay. So the, in the scenario that I was painting for you, if let's say this girl is married to a man mm. who doesn't even realize that she thrives on gifts mm. and she's always been on his case, mm. and then suddenly she finds someone outside marriage who is servicing that particular desire in her life, she may react one of two ways. Mm. She may become extra hostile to her husband mm. because she's found somebody else who's servicing it. Mm -hmm. Or she may become extra kind to her husband because her need is being met elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And the husband thinks like, oh, okay, we must have worked this thing through. Mm -hmm. She's no longer on my case. Mm -hmm. Either way, something's going wrong. 
Mm. But then there has to be a trade for it. I mean, once you're receiving these gifts uh, to, from this man, mm-hmm. you have to be giving him something as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The affair. The, the, the affair, affair is the, what, yeah. The time and now the touch. Exactly. The sexual. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the five love languages, any of those mm-hmm. are entry points, potential entry points for an affair. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be. That door doesn't have to be open mm-hmm. as a potential open door. I'm trying to think about, I don't know if it's a div- divergence from what we're discussing, but by the time you're getting married, you have to have had a level of attraction with your spouse. So understanding their love language, mm-hmm. um, what it is that attracted you to them and them to you, so that then you are meeting each other's needs to the extent that you said, you know what, this can last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to connect that uh, initial attraction um, like in this scenario, this guy managed to convince this girl to marry him on a, without really scratching this particular itch. He probably scratched another one that also existed, which is why I think I like the fact that you said it's um, all these are not, you don't have one love language. It's mm. all these are human needs. Yeah. Mm. And so um, this particular need, perhaps she was willing to put it aside the hope that the guy might grow to appreciate it, but he was obviously scratching another itch somewhere else, mm-hmm. uh, which was good enough at that time. Um, and it always intrigues me what what are the kinds of things that become the breaking point that then allow somebody to start looking for that somewhere else or allowing it because someone can innocently give those pens. You don't have to, it doesn't need to become a thing that excites you to the extent that mm-hmm. you're willing to let the other person know. Mm. Um, if you realize it's exciting, you can back off and just yeah. disconnect. You see, yeah. that example where you bring pens and then you realize this person is excited about it mm. and now you you want to begin to nurture mm. that particular love gift. Mm. The next time you come back, everybody else gets pens, but she gets perfume. Mm-hmm. And so, you see, unless you're alert and don't want to nurture the relationship, mm-hmm. our natural tendency is to nurture it. Mm-hmm. So we have to be alert and not want to. But if we do want to, our mind is so capable mm. of deceptions of high order. Mm. Yeah. We deceive ourselves, we are not doing it, but we are doing it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Each yeah. of you can you know, bring home a perfume from another man and the questions are not asked. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's what uh, the theory has just said. Eh? The mind is so, remember it's both your mind and her mind. Eh? Mm-hmm are both very capable of finding a way to excuse it. They're deceptive. Deceptive. The, decep- the deceptive capabilities of the human heart, the mind. That perfume will be to, oh, we were given gifts. You know, we were given gifts. Our boss gave us gifts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not even that. Mm-hmm. Some wives buy their own perfumes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if she shows up home with it, you're not mm-hmm. alarmed. Yeah. She doesn't have to announce where it came from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, I mean, I'm earning my own money. Mm. I was loving myself. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things that Dr. you've just said that now triggered interest in me and even what Juan Musiki is saying, uh, the issue of the five love languages, while it's true, there's probably something that I did that cost my wife, my spouse to be interested in me, probably my looks and all that, and probably, you know, a love gift, I mean, what uh, a way to scratch the itch, you know, of one of those five languages. But you've got to remember, we are learning, marriage is, you don't know everything about this person when you marry them. Mm. You go on learning, learning about them. It I takes am, a lifetime. It takes a li- somebody, lifetime yeah. to learn. Uh, speaking of the five love languages, you know, when I first heard about it, I, my wife and I were in a, 
I think in a marriage uh, counseling session, you know, these these things couples do. Mm. And when I heard about, I did not, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I did not know I have a love language. Mm. So I heard about, you know, you know, you know, acts of affection, gifts, blah blah. blah. So I remember really sitting hard to think, which one do I like most? And I remember we had a conversation with my wife. She asking me, which one do you? Where do you fall? And I could not. You know, immediately think about it. Mm. But later, when you know, remembering the the relationships I had before I met her, I realized, hi, yeah, yeah, this particular lady one day say brought me this, and I was very happy. Or I did this to this one. The, you know, Mr. Musiki was telling us before we began that we used to spend time with these ladies before he was born, born I mean, married. Mm. And later, he's being told that you had these ladies. Uh, and he's wondering, how did I hurt them? I just spent time with them. Mm-hmm. You know, you are you are not aware that you were hurting them. Mm-hmm. Just by you, you are a bachelor, you are spending time, time with them, hanging out with them, buying them a cup of coffee, just mm-hmm. chatting. Come mm-hmm. you are meeting a need that they were not you are not aware you were meeting the enemy. Probably waiting for him to make the move. You were not mm-hmm. shifting gears to make the move. Mm-hmm. Now you've had and that tells you, uh, Kevin. Mm-hmm. That even for us now that you know you're married and we're learning these things, it's you have to be very careful not to be the one supplying the pens. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Now, there, there are three big needs or deficits in marriage: mm. admiration, yeah. affection, affirmation. Mm. Marriages that do not supply these make the partners very vulnerable. Mm. So in marriage, we have to be committed to loving each other for a lifetime. Mm. When you find ourselves lacking in one of those areas, just pull up your socks. Mm. And if your wife points out to you that you're not meeting her need, mm. don't tell her she's being insecure. Don't tell her she's being pushing it too hard. Mm. Just meet it. Mm. Remember, you're the same team. Yeah. When the team wins or loses together. Mm. Think about Samson in the book of Judges. Mm. Samson and Delilah, Judges chapter 16. Mm. Samson had been married to somebody else in chapter 14, uh, to a woman from Timnah. I don't know if you remember that. Mm -hmm. But that marriage did not last. Mm. She was given to his best man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now Samson has an affair with Delilah. Delilah wants to know what makes him weak. And she spent time enticing him to tell her. Mm. Finally, after three failed attempts, Simon, Samson finally tells her the truth. Mm. And in those failed attempts, what would happen is that she would, you know, he would tell him, you know, if I'm tied with new cords, my strength would go. Mm. And they would tie him with new cords. And the woman would call in the Philistines and they would come and he would snap them. Mm. I mean, he knew she was up to no good. (laughs) He knew that. Mm. But he went ahead and told her what makes him weak. Even knowing that. Knowing she didn't have good intentions. In verse 19, the scripture says, she lulled him to sleep with his head in her lap. Talk about touch. (laughs) Prior to that, she had braided his hair, which inevitably... Involved not just touch, but a, a head massage, mm. which Samson was really enjoying. You know, she made him docile and then cut his hair. 
Mm. So when he's in that kind of condition, he doesn't even notice his hair is being cut. Mm. You have to ask yourself, why would Samson get himself in that situation? Is he stupid? In the book of Hebrews, Samson is recorded as one of those men of faith. Mm. <laughs> he's mm. not a stupid man. Yeah. He's a vulnerable man. Mm-hmm. And you and I do not have to be stupid to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. He was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is that when the emotions of lust are activated, mm-hmm. the reasoning capacity of the parties involved is incapacitated. <clears throat> That's very true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when, when you see these reports uh, in the news and all, a pastor was caught with someone mm-hmm. else's wife, mm-hmm. and they asked the question, what were you doing? Mm. And they say, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know what overcame me. I think it's, yeah. it's, it's Satan. Mm, yeah. You know, they actually don't realize what was happening. Yeah. But they're just yeah. giving in to that lust. Exactly. Their mm. reasoning is completely incapacitated. Mm. Now, Samson's head did grow back, mm-hmm. but his eyes did not grow. Mm. His mm. eyes were gouged out. His hair grew, his strength came back, but his eyes did not grow. So mm. we have to be really, really watchful. He fulfilled the purpose for which he came, because the Lord, when the Lord was talking to his parents about Samson, he was going to begin the fight with the Philistines and win some wars, Mm. and he did kill was it three thousand of them Mm. when he pulled down that uh, Mm. building? They were big number. Yeah, Mm. so he fulfilled Mm. Uh his calling, but boy. Mm-hmm. We're not just here to fulfill our calling. We're here to walk with God in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this this scenario. <clears throat> uh, another verse came, comes into mind. Proverbs eleven three. Mm-hmm. The integrity of the upright guides them, mm-hmm. but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, even in that scenario of giving about uh, wanting to be affirmed the admiration bit, and probably the love language is these gifts. Yeah. That that whole aspect of gifts is not met. And I don't know whether that is more so for the woman or the man or both. It's both ways. Both ways. Then 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 this person will probably be fixated by a new connection that they find where they're receiving the gift. Yeah. So I'm wondering where does that stop? Because when this other new relationship normalizes and the gifts stop, from being given. But mm, mm. you see that men, we are almost like hunters. Once you've caught this one and had the affair with her, yeah. you're out for a new one. Mm-hmm. There are okay. men who are programmed that way. And unless you walk with God, we are all programmed that way. Mm-hmm. So true. the man is not looking for a 30-year-old relationship with this woman that he gave a pet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and men may not be thriving on gifts, but they thrive on affirmation. Yeah. When uh, when what you do is praised by somebody, mm. it does something to you. Mm. If your wife never praises what you do, but some mm. other woman does, mm. you'll find yourself naturally gravitating towards that other woman with no intention of an affair, but the building blocks are being put in place. Mm. Mm. So what about the lady? Because that, that's the, the way that we are conditioned to hunt. Mm. You get, you know, the hunted falls into the priest's hands. And the man moves on to someone else. Yeah. I don't think it's the same for the woman. They, they take a while. Mm-hmm. They take a while. They take a while. But you see, our wives have an inbuilt uh, radar detector. Mm-hmm. And they will know if something's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they'll warn you. 
they may not have the facts, but they know something is going on. Mm-hmm. If they voice it, you better listen. Do not accuse her of being insecure. Mm-hmm. It is true she may be insecure, but as part of your team, it's your responsibility to make her secure, mm-hmm. not to rub in her insecurity. Mm-hmm. She's your team member. You've got to build her up. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the yeah. point that um, it's not about whether you're being foolish or, or stupid. I mean, I might say it's foolish, yes, but it's not stupid. A lack of intelligence um, that makes a man fall into this situation. I think it's recognizing that any of you, any of us can do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're not here talking because we are the best four men, no. mm-hmm. our most faithful four guys here. In fact, it's probably because we are, we are just aware of our fallibility yeah. and our vulnerability unless we are actively protecting our relationships, our marriages, yeah. that this is a path that any man can go down. Even yeah. if you can see the steps and they're known, uh, like you said, there's a there's a point you get to when the emotions, the hormones kick in, the hunter instinct, the logic goes out the window. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll only come back uh, at the point of, uh, you know, after the fact when there's regret and then there's... Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we have an enemy. I mm. think sometimes... That, that the enemy will make you attracted to feel somebody is very attractive for whatever reason. Mm. I know I've had that experience where you, you think someone is attractive, but thankfully you don't spend time with them and over time. But then some a year or so later, you're looking at them and thinking, what was I going through? Yeah. Because they look so ordinary now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ordinary. <laughs> yeah. And that's it from this episode. Listeners, you've been listening to Share Podcast. Tune in next week as we continue with this series of the scenarios that affect affairs that affect people in their marriages. Asante sana. See you next week.